Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm John with my bestie, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? I'm glorious. How are, are you, you doing? Are you glorious? Yeah, I am. I am. I'm, it's true. I'm, I'm a little moist. I have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, nobody I, uh, likes that word. I, no one. I, I know. Gross. Well, before I even get into that, uh, Tasia Persevich, is that right? I get it? Yeah. Very close. Yes. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I nailed it, is with us. So thank you for joining. <laughs> I am moist because my dishwasher broke and I've been washing dishes like a pilgrim for the last hour. It's oh my terrible. God. No. <laughs> No, so, so that is like my one stipulation of being an adult is like, I refuse to not have a dishwasher. Oh, it's terrible. Well, it started breaking like, you know, it's like on its last leg. It's the only appliance in this house that I didn't replace when I bought the house seven years ago. It was in good shape then, you know, and I replaced everything else. And so like, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, I noticed that, you know, I opened the dishwasher and it it wasn't clean. And I'm like, did I not run it? Like, am I getting that old? I can't remember if I press the button. So I press it again and I walk away from it and I come back and like 15 minutes later, it's off again. And I'm like, Oh, I think it's dying. I think it's dying. And so then I tested it and sure as the world it was dying, but I was going out of town. So I couldn't go buy one and like right away. So I've been like kind of living this way for a couple of weeks. So I went and bought one and it's getting installed on Friday, but I had a mound of dishes tonight and I couldn't stand it anymore. That's mm. terrible. So. You know, I um, I actually have two dishwashers in my house. What? Why? I know. It's wild. Well, because I found out um, through, what, seven years of marriage now that if I just leave dishes in the sink, they magically yeah. get done by the dishwasher fairy who lives in my house. Mm, I was going to say, yeah, it's very sexy. Awesome. Very sexist to refer to Matt as your dishwasher, but okay. Well, well he is. It's, that's the absolute reality of the situation. The absolute reality of the situation is I know for a fact if I leave dishes in the sink, he gets annoyed enough to do my dishes for me. And so mm. I and so I do. It's a learned behavior. I am a 14-year-old boy in this house. He's so clean and put together, and I'm just like, you can see the trail of clothes that I leave as I take them off and the dishes in the sink. It's I'm not proud of it, but it's who I am. I love it. It's working for you too. If he's cleaning up after you. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I don't think it's working for him, but certainly <laughs> working for me. <laughs> how, how is he about picking up after baby stuff? So you do that too. We got a good system for the baby stuff. Like he does all the laundry in the house, including my, like he's always done all the laundry, all the dishes. That's like who he is. But then like I fold and put away the baby laundry because I'm, you know, it's like, I know where it goes. And I set up the nursery and I'm particular about like you hang the overalls and then you fold the sweaters. And then, so it's a good system. You have the dream marriage. The husband does the dishes, does the laundry. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's true. Yeah. I don't deny that. You should write a book on how to train your man. <laughs> you just are so annoying and dirty and gross that he has to do it for you because otherwise it doesn't get option. done. Yeah, that's it. Did you like the laundry done? You should do it. Wow. <laughs> just keep I it up. Love yeah. it. Well, Tasha, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. We have been meaning to have you on since the Mac. We ran into Tasha at uh, the Mid-Atlantic CrossFit Championship or whatever the heck they're calling it now. And or I ran into you and you had no idea who I was. Was, Oh, that's fair. This is my this is my favorite interaction with people. My favorite interaction with people that know me but don't know me. Like they know me through the page, but we've never really met and we've talked, but we've never really met. 
Cause I just love going up and going, Oh, how are you doing? Good to see you again. And, and just see that look of like, who are you? I know I should know you, but I don't. And then I introduced myself and you're like, Oh, you're that guy. Yes. Did you admit it though? Tasia, were you like, I'm sorry, who are you? I can't remember, but I'm you like, had no idea. No I idea. had no idea who you were because <laughs> I'd seen you through the meme account, obviously, but not like your face. Cause you're not putting right. your face on the account. Um, but I meet so many people that sometimes, you know, you don't want to be, you don't know which way to go, right? You want to be honest and be like, I don't know who you are, but like, have we met before? Because I might've met you and I'm sorry if I don't remember, I'll but see. there's just, especially at something like the Mac where there's so many people um, that are there in the CrossFit space that I might have actually met at one point. Um, but yeah, you know what I mean? I'm <laughs> the worst. I'm <laughs> the absolute worst at that shit. When people are like, oh my God, and hey, Nikki, I'm like, Hey, and I like will not admit in real life that I don't know. Like, oh, it's so. And if you're like, who is that? I would be like, I have no fucking clue. I don't know, but I won't. I can't get. I I feel so rude if I don't know. I won't admit it. It happens to me all the time. time. Yeah, I'm just like, will you remind me of your name? And then I try to like connect the dots and get it there. Well, in this case, it really wasn't fair because Haley's a bestie of ours. Like, we love Haley so much. And so I always see you, you know, and you guys in post together because you're coaching her and like you can see on the sidelines and all the stories. And so like, I, I can't speak for Nikki, but I always feel connected to people when I really follow them. And, you know, I know somebody through them. And so it was unfair to me, but it was also really funny. So I enjoyed it. Oh, I feel particularly connected to Tasia. I, do you know the, the very first time that we met? And you probably don't even remember this because this was like a bazillion years ago. But can I tell like my meeting Tasia story for the first time? Yes. I love know. that. Okay, so this was um, the Killcliffe ECCs. What was it, like 2016? Yeah, it was 2016. And um, I remember, so Dylan at the time, who now works for Loud and Live, was at the time working on on our side, on the dark side of the (laughs) media team. And he was one of our MCs. And he was announcing and calling you and you were doing incredibly well. And I remember you were like an East coast, new England person. And so I connected with that on paper, of course, I was like, that's my girl right there. And Dylan was the first person to ever say your name to me. And he was like, you watch out for this girl. Like, I swear this girl, she's going places. She's going to go to the games. You're going to know her name, like all that. So that was the first event where I ever saw you and met you. And I just remember him saying that to me and me being like, ah, this New England girl is going to rep it for us from here on out. And then you move to the Midwest. Oh man, that's so (sighs) nice of him. Dang. Uh, Yeah. I remember the ECC. I competed, I think three years there, but 2016 in particular, I had done really well um, at the competition. So it was kind of like, people were like, who is this random person? This really weird name that's doing well. And even myself, I'm like, I don't know how I'm doing well. I don't know what's going on. This is so weird, <laughs> but you're like, yeah, who is that girl? It's so weird. I don't know. Yeah. It was like this weird thing of, I'm like, I don't know why I'm standing here, but I'm cool with it. Let's go. <laughs> Good stuff. You know, Nikki, I don't like the way you said Midwest. You said it like Ooh. all Midwesterners are like, it's like what you do with Canada. We're getting back to this. Oh, now. here Here's- we go. I know. Cue the hate mail. Cue the Midwest hate mail. No, it's not that. I promise <laughs> it's not that. It's honestly just that we don't have a lot of, there's not a lot of folks uh, as a New Englander. There's not a lot of folks that can be like, yeah, that person. Well, now there's a lot like in the training camp with Ben up in, in mass and stuff like that. But at the time, there were not all that many New Englanders repping it hardcore at the CrossFit Games. So, you know. 
Well, Tasia, you're in, that up. you're in Cookville though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm in Cookville, no. which I don't know if that's, okay. con- is that considered Midwest? No, absolutely not. Oh my not. God, it's not. Oh <laughs> my God. Like, Here we I go. I feel like that's like Here still kind of no. East. No, look, if you're, if you're South of Ohio, it's the South. You, it's the South. <laughs> It's the South. It is the South. Yeah, that's You're right. You're totally. Here we go. My geography blows. I'm going to get the hate mail. It's just, I, 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 you know what? This is mom brain. There you go. That's Blame on the baby. Yeah. How long do I get to say that for and have it be a viable excuse? Well, my mom's in her seventies and she still does it. So I think you're good. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. This is mom brain. Yeah. Mom brain. Oh yeah. South. Duh. Midwest. South. Whatever. Same thing. That's, that's all. Not good. New England. Not New England and not California. The, literally, if you're from New England, then the rest is like, Neh. yeah, that's fair. From yeah. living in New England for ten years, I get it. Yeah, like this stuff well, outside of us. Good boy. I just passed through Tennessee over the weekend, and it it makes me want to get down there more often because I love Tennessee. I hate Kentucky, but I love Tennessee for that's <laughs> worth. Oh my god, Kentucky Keith John's gonna, hate mail. I know. Well, look, the state's gigantic. It takes forever to get through Kentucky, and there's nothing. Nothing between Louisville and Nashville. It's just, it's a nightmare, total nightmare. So what part of Tennessee did you go to? Was it Nashville? Yeah, well, I passed through Nashville. I was going to Mississippi for a wedding. I had a niece that was getting married, and so I have to drive through. And I do that drive a couple of times a year. And Kentucky's just the worst. It's just the worst. I'm sure people there, they are lovely. And, you know, Louisville (laughs) seems like an okay city for whatever that's worth. And so does Lexington. Like the two I've been in, the cities are really cool. But everything in between, there's like nothing, no exits, like nowhere to stop, just a void. Just a big Welcome void. back to the We Shit on Random States podcast. Uh, <laughs> whoops. Let's Tennessee's not piss great, anyone else off. How long, how long have you been in Cookville? Almost five years now. It's kind oh, of crazy how fast the time has gone. And where, are you, from, where are you from originally? So I was born and raised in Arizona and I lived there until I was 18. And then I went to the University of New Hampshire. So I went like clear across the country and competed there. I did gymnastics there. Once I graduated, I stayed there for about another five years. That's when I got CrossFit. And then when I ended up coming to be on Rich's team about five years ago, I moved to Tennessee. So I've been like West, East, now South. Any any favorites? Maybe you can just crap on a state for us. Which one did you hate? Which one did you hate the most? <laughs> I definitely hated Arizona the most, but I didn't know that until I left because it was kind of like the only thing I had ever experienced growing up. And when I went to the University of Hampshire, I moved there in August, and so it's like prime time getting into fall. Like school had just started. And I remember being just so amazed at like if you've ever been to New Hampshire in peak fall foliage it is absolutely Uh, stunning so it was mm -hmm. such a beautiful thing and then I had like my first real snow and so I love the change in seasons because I had never experienced anything different Arizona which is a beautiful state is pretty the same all year round um so I really like the change from Arizona to New Hampshire and then Tennessee's kind of similar to New Hampshire but just muted like everything's just like a little bit not as cold, not as hot. Well, that's not true. It's actually really hot and humid, but mm. it's just a little bit different. Not as it's a little milder. I love Tennessee. I I liked. Um, I did like, and I still like the fact when I go home in the winter time that January you will often run into sixty degree weather. 
I know it gets cold, but you'll get those little warm spells and it just gives me the break from Ohio, which that never happens. You know, it's just the best for me. Yeah, there's definitely some warm days in the winter. The only thing I'll say about Tennessee is a lot of times the winter times are very gray, which is like hard right. when it's like rainy and gray and just dragging on. But sometimes they're warm. So at least there's that. <laughs> so you've been you've been in Cookville for a little while I feel like I've watched you do like the athlete arc right like individual games bound team stuff and now kind of on the sidelines doing the coaching thing and I'm, I'm where are you at right now like what are your big projects that you're working on obviously we know you're working with Haley does that take up like the majority of your time what else have you got going on too yeah so right now I'm obviously not competing um it's kind of funny because I was thinking about the timeline of where I was last year at this time and I didn't know that I wasn't going to be competing at this point last year um but I actually my main project is I'm helping with Mayhem Mission the nonprofit that Rich and Hillary started so just kind of heading that up and helping that get organized and off the ground and um, so that's my biggest venture. I still also work for under the CrossFit Mayhem platform. So I help with some online programming and things like that. And then obviously I've, I've spoken about this, but I'm not like Haley's true coach in the sense of like, if you think about someone like Ben Bergeron or, um, that that's like their sole job, I'm definitely more of a big sister friend, um, mentor just there for her in more of like, you know, a friend space. Um, Rich does all the programming and I'm not doing that training anymore either. So, um, he's doing all the training with her and stuff. Um, so that is definitely part of it, but not as, I guess I have like other jobs outside of that. You know, what I love about that role is, and and I think that more athletes honestly should, (laughs) should invest in an emotional support person (laughs) versus a true coach because the haze in the barn, right? Like kind of by the time you get there, you've done the training and I'm not sure of having someone on the sidelines to say like, okay, when you get to the 10 thrusters, break it up five and five, like you're smart. You're an athlete. You've been doing this for how many years and you've gotten to this point. Isn't it better to have someone on the sidelines to give you a hug and, you know, be a shoulder to cry on and be a person to celebrate a victory with and just like know how, how and when you need your protein shake. You know what I mean? Like be helpful in a sense, as opposed to break down every single piece of pro, which you can break down every single piece of programming as well, but it's just, you're, you're, I don't know. It's nice to have both. I feel like, and as an athlete, you probably know that. Yeah. I think everyone's very different and that's, like Haley's very independent and she's very smart and she obviously training with rich every day from like, I've experienced that. Um, it's a very much, he leads by example. And like, you just kind of learn and fall into step with this rhythm of kind of great of greatness and what he's doing. Um, so she doesn't need me to tell her how to break things up because the amount of time she's done workouts, she understands what it's going to feel like. But I don't think that's the case for everyone, right? There's going to be some people who really want, hey, tell me how to break this up when I'm going to mm. the workout, and that will give them some mental security. Um, but yeah, for Haley, it's like, hey, have you eaten today? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's time to eat now. Um, <laughs> and she'll a lot of times like present her strategy to me, and we'll then we'll just talk it through. Okay, so yeah, either that sounds good, or like, what about this? And throw out some other ideas. So little things like that. And, um, obviously rich plays a huge role in that too. 
do you miss it ever? You're around competition so much without being in it. Or is it like a big stress reliever? Like, oh, thank God. Thank God I don't have to do that shit. (laughs) (laughs) I miss it so much. I honestly really do. I've been a competitor since I can remember. So I, it will always be something I miss. And I think that's, since I recognized that early on, it was I, once I decided to step away and recognize, hey, you're going to miss it like this, even if you did another year um, or if you did five more years, you're going to miss it like this. So just recognizing the reality of that, I am very happy where I'm at. My body is significantly happier with where I'm at. I love that the job, I love the job I'm doing with CrossFit Mayhem and Mayhem Mission. And I love the opportunity I had with Casey last year that if I was competing, it would not have been possible for me to mm. do what I did with her. So um, yeah, I'm super grateful that I was able to transition at that time. It's so cool. And on it, obviously like you're still keeping super busy. I mean, I'm always so impressed. I think John and I were just talking about this the other day, like mayhem is such a machine. Like there's so many different gears turning all the time. There's so many different things happening. And I'm always so impressed by how many legs that the organization has. Like it's so, it was born from this one dude who got real fit, like basically in his garage, <laughs> in his barn. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and now look at all of the different things, the, the programming and the people and the charities and the bison, like there's just, there's so many things. <laughs> how do you, how do you keep it all straight? How do you balance it all out? Um, well, yes, there is a, a lot going on. That's for sure. And I think it's definitely a testament to Rich and Hillary, just like stewarding well, what they've been given and, um, they are an incredible lead for the entire organization. And as you can see, it's not just one organization. It's so many pieces of that. And there's so many amazing people that have come beside them and been able to, you know, like lead up Froning Farms and help with that or Mayhem Athlete. And then Mayhem Mission was just kind of born within the last year. So all these really cool things. But man, I don't I don't know what the answer is. It's just like amazingness just happening and I can't even keep up a lot of times, which is cool that I have like my little segment that I get to focus on. And then somebody else has their segment. Like, I have no idea what's going on with Froning Farms. I just see like 50 bites in the field. I'm like, wow, that's really cool. (laughs) You know what I mean? So there's a lot of people that make the wheel turn. Can you, can you give us some info on the Mayhem mission or is it too soon? Oh no. Yeah. Can we talk about it? Yeah. Like what is it? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Rich, Hillary, Brian, they created this nonprofit it's basically to go back. I know Rich, obviously, he has a heart to give back and to serve people. And he's done that, you know, him and Hillary, even before Mayhem Mission was a thing. And I think when the tornado, there's a tornado here in 2020, actually, that just totally annihilated Cookville. And it was something that people hadn't seen in years or if ever in Cookville and a lot of people lost their lives. And I remember being here through that. And, um, I think that was kind of a catalyst for being like, we really rich being like, I really want to help in a greater capacity. Like we ended up selling the prey shirts, which this, that's where this was born, um, to raise money for the tornado victims and things like that. But to have a, a better route to help people. And that's where kind of like the nonprofit was born, Um, but mayhem mission is really cool. It's super unique in a sense that it doesn't have a singular focus. Like 
which is common with a lot of nonprofits and amazing. Um, but we focus on all different areas. And so we actually have four specific quarters. So our first quarter is focused on human trafficking. So this year we partnered with Rescue Freedom. You might have seen we did an awareness event in April to raise, raise funds um, for that nonprofit. And we raised almost $80,000 um, through an online CrossFit workout. And then our second quarter was focused on water. We just finished a similar event of an online workout. And we partnered with Never Thirst in 2535 Water and raised some funds for them. And I think we raised about 40000 Don't quote me. Um, and then we have our third quarter, which is at-risk youth. And we partnered with some organizations like you've probably heard of, Keala Foundation, um, Project Onyx, Kings nice. of Grit. Yeah, we've got Mayhem for Mustard Seed, which would normally fall on that. So mustard seed ranch. And then our fourth quarter, we'll be partnering with radical and urgent. And the focus is unreached people groups. So um, the idea is just to kind of spread the gospel to serve people, to love people well, to come alongside amazing nonprofits and people already doing incredible work and helping others and just help either build that platform, bring awareness, raise funds, um, things like that. So it's been... Sick. A whirlwind. It's been really cool just to see God move through all that and people just come alongside um, and support these causes because there's so much need, you know, yeah. there's like never ending need in the world. So any little bit that any person can do, even if that's just talking about like the human trafficking thing that we did in um, April was really eye opening to me because I didn't understand the gravity of something like that. Like, mm-hmm in the United States, let alone other countries. So to even become more aware of what that looks like, um, is helping. Will it be the same, um, will it be the same subjects year over year? Like will Q1 always be human trafficking or will you guys pick a different need every quarter and it'll be sort of ongoing? Yeah. So we're going to keep the quarters the same, but that doesn't mean we'll always partner with the same nonprofits. Um, we definitely have like great relationships with the ones we've already partnered with and plan to continue to work with them, but, um, also open to just helping other people too, you know, that might have similar focuses and, um, even things that fall outside of those categories aren't off limits. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been really fun. And I love the idea that I don't know if there's another nonprofit. There probably is, but in my experience, I'm like, nonprofits, you have one singular focus. So I think it's cool that for anything like this. Well, if I can give a suggestion for a group, um, there's the send Megan Woolley to college fund. Oh, yes. Yes. Gaining gaining traction. I hear. (laughs) Yeah. Especially if she looks at out of state colleges. So let's, uh, let's let's get that on the short list. (laughs) Yeah. Just email me. Um, and I'll see what I can do about that part. Perfect. I'm Perfect. so scared of that. Like my mom just this week was like, we're going to start a college fund for the baby. Right. I'm like, he's nine weeks old. Oh, look, And she I mean, was like, yeah, well, if you don't do it now, you're not going to have any money. You're not going to have shit mm-hmm. in it in yeah. 18 years. I was like, Oh my God. Look, here's how you handle it. Nikki, you wait until they're about 16 and then you start a meme account and, oh, you just, oh, and then you make roll the that meme millions. and make the meme millions and send them to college on that. That's how you do it. <laughs> Oh my God. If only that were real. No, No. it's totally foolproof works. It'll work Mm. for anyone. Absolutely. No, he's going to just be a genius and get his own scholarships. Right. Totally. 
That's what you do. You're like, hey, you want to go to college? Got to get your own scholarship. Let's go. You know, we were just the other day, my mom was like, I I would like to, you know, gift the baby some money and I want to put it into the kind of account that he like maybe can only use for education, quote unquote, or like can't really use until he's like 18 or 21 or something like that. Like we'll find one. And my brain instantly was like, yeah, yeah, put it in an education only account. And if he doesn't want to go to college, then like, fuck him, basically. And Matt was like, Matt was like, no, that's so stupid. Like, what if he doesn't want to go to school? And I was just like, <gasps> what if he doesn't want to go to school? Like, what What do you mean? What if he doesn't want to go to school? And I, my forward thinking husband was like, think about it. Like, what if he wants to do a trade? Or what if he like graduates and wants to start a landscaping company and he needs to take out a loan to buy like a hundred lawnmowers? Like, who cares what he does if he's, as long as he's happy and successful. And I was just like sweating. I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean I have like this traditional, like, he's got to go to school, right? God, already the worst parent. Look, Look at this. When they get when they get to that age, Nikki, they make up their own minds. I have a twenty year old that's not in college, and an eighteen year old that's looking at colleges, and it's like hell bent on going, you know. And and the twenty year old will go at some point. She just doesn't want to go right now, you know. But she's happy and working and enjoying her life. And it makes sense. It makes yeah, sense. It, I just you know. don't know. I don't know at what point I'm going to be okay with him making his own decisions, and I'm not going to sit there and be like. I get to tell you what to do. <laughs> you came out of my vagina. <laughs> Literally. Like at what point in life am I going to feel confident not saying that? Because right now I'm like, oh, he's going to do whatever the hell I want him to do. I made him. When I does think, that go away? <laughs> I think the, the parent gene kicks in, at least for me, it kicked in in high school when they start like going off with their friends and going to parties. And you, Oh, yeah, he's not doing no, that. No, you, he's not doing that either. Mm-mm. Well, I mean, it's like when you can no longer protect them. You know what I mean? Like when they're gone and you know, they're out, but you're not a hundred percent sure where they are. You just have to trust them. Like they build up that trust over time. Then you just kind of, I don't know. It's not like I don't give my girls advice, but I also trust them to do the right thing. So it's eventually just kind of works its way there. And I think that's good for us as parents because you got to let them go at some point. You just have to. Well, otherwise. yours is nine weeks. So you got some time. Yeah. You have a little <laughs> like, time. Let him go. I might put him back in. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe, I don't know. It's, uh, it's just, I don't know. Nikki and I are obviously on far different ends of the spectrum here, but I, know, uh, I need to get on your level. No, so you true. don't No, You need to grasp all tight right now. Hold on tight to it and enjoy it. And you got a long time to teach this kid all this stuff. So you don't need to worry about it now, but Matt's right. Like, you know, put money aside, save money for school in case he wants to go to school. If he doesn't give him cash to do something else. You know, or go I'm cash panicking. and go to Vegas. I'm already panicking. I'm already panicking about Are it, you, you guys. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Well, if it makes you feel better, I went to college and I'm not using my degree in any capacity. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's always that. Or I went to college and got a degree that made me like 19 grand a year. Did that for a decade. Racked up a whole shitload of debt and then grew up. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So wow. many options. So many options. Oh, good Lord. So Deja, are you, um, are you going to Dubai when Haley goes? Um, we haven't figured that out yet, but I'm really excited about the opportunity of her going to Dubai for sure. Um, I would love to go. Yeah. We haven't like totally talked about logistics cause it's kind of like, I guess it's almost here, but we still got some time. Yeah. It's on, it's around the corner. It is the first official CrossFit event that I've ever like really turned down. Wah, wah. Oh, How come? Just cause your baby. 
Yeah, just because he's like, I'm breastfeeding and it would be too rough to like put my entire family on an 18 hour flight to Dubai right now. And like, we would all need to go and I would need to figure that out. And like, what am I, what am I, am I going to pump on the floor? Like, I don't know. It's just too soon. It's too soon. I can't do it. 18 hours in a mask. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Doesn't that that sound fun? So much fun. So fun. So fun. The best. Yeah. But it is a great competition. If you have a chance to go, this will be my first time in four years not going. It's freaking great. It's awesome. I didn't realize it's been going on for four years. Oh, way longer. So before it was DCC, it was DFC. It was the Dubai fitness competition or okay. challenge or championship championship. That's the one, right? Yeah. Anyway. Um, and yeah. And when they became sanctioned a few years ago, it was like a big deal that CrossFit was recognizing them, but they, mm-hmm. before they were even part of the greater CrossFit organization were hosting all sorts of major athletes from Europe. And it was always easier to travel over there. Um, from Europe. So it's been like on the map for a while. That's super cool. I think I remember it was last year or whatever year they had recently, they had a lot of like really weird like moves in it. Like, yeah, there's always some, that's kind of their <laughs> jam is they always like come up with something like whether like a weird movement or something we've never seen okay. before. They had like the jumping up onto the platform squat situations and the flying push-ups and they were like yeah, the first the time I ever push-ups. saw flying push-ups the first time I ever saw devil's press in a competition was okay. there with like the giant ones like I feel like the women had like 50 pound dumbbells or something crazy like that it's always heavy too right it's like yeah, a heavier totally totally it's always a good a good interesting competition oh this will be the first competition with Ricky back yeah oh yeah totally you know, you got to go, cool. you got to go and come back and give us details. Yeah. We need somebody live. Give you the details of what's going on. I know we'll see. Um, it's definitely something I would love to do. I know the light or life has been a whirlwind as far as just like post um, CrossFit, like the games mayhem mission. We've been just like rolling out events. It's been pretty busy. So um, yeah, that'd be cool. How's your like, like post COVID, I guess we're still in COVID when this really, you can't really say post. I wish we were post COVID, but like, what is your situation now in terms of like, obviously travel may or may not be stressful or be happening, but you guys are like, you know, figuring out how to run the gym on a daily. And a lot of the stuff that mayhem does, I know is remote. Like is this, the world situation, is it affecting you guys and, and all the things that are happening right now in Cookville? Um, I would say no. So Cookville, is very, I guess, like lax on the COVID type protocols. Um, and we have been since the beginning, like we obviously went into the shelter in place when it was mandated across the country. Um, but since then it's been pretty an open state. Um, so I think COVID actually helped mayhem a lot originally just because everything shifted to online, like because everyone was doing it at home and the platform really grew in that capacity because people were at home and, even like I write for the Mayhem 30 program. So it's a 30 minute body weight and minimal program. And a bunch of people started hopping on with that and following that. And that was really cool. So it hasn't really affected much. I know travel just in general seems to be affected um, with like plane, like flights being canceled and delayed and not happening. Um, So I think just like in a general sense, uh, some things have been affected, but not much. No good. Nikki, I, yeah. when we went through the South this weekend, it was like a non-event. 
Now the roads really? are crazy because there's like trucks everywhere. Like, you know, all the shipping's backed up. And so the trucks are all over the road, but it didn't matter where you stopped. A couple of times, my girls were like, do we need to get masks? I'm like, baby, we're in Tennessee. Don't worry about it. And shows right, the world, right. like there's not a mask in sight. It didn't matter where we went, restaurant, grocery store, gas station. I swear to you, I don't think I saw one for three oh. days. Like for the, oh. the South, we joked about this. I think it might've been with Rich actually, when we had him on or where someone from the South, uh, that, you know, it's like, they're just like, oh, well, bless his heart. He died. And they just move. Yeah. Everybody just moves on. You know, it's just such a different environment down there. It's. Uh, yeah. Sometimes I feel like I'm living in almost like a different world because the South is very much like, you know, not any mass or anything like that. But then like if I have we have people fly in from like Washington where it's a very different space that they're coming in from. So everyone's kind of like in their own world of some sense. But. Uh, yeah, definitely open here. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, and I ask because I'm everything's still, like everyone wears a mask everywhere here. Still, and I'm like, in, what's what's the rest of the world like? I'm in Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm the only one. Just me. <laughs> just you there. It's <laughs> just that's me. the smallest state, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. It fits me. That's it. <laughs> totally. That's it. I always say that whenever. Um, Whenever I work like big CrossFit events and especially at the games, because I just feel like 99.99% of all CrossFitters come from the West Coast. Like everyone's just like in either California or Cookville, basically at this point. So whenever anyone asks where I'm from and I say Rhode Island, they give me this look like, what? Like, nope, no one else is from there. Yeah, no, I know. It's just me. Yeah. I'm the only one. I mean, I don't think I know anyone else from Rhode Island from being totally honest. And I lived in New England, so it could be just you. It's me. It's just me on the coast. It's just me in the ocean hanging out. That's how it is. So Tasia, I, so I was curious, how do you, how do you scratch the competitive itch now that you're not competing anymore and you're surrounded by all these, like I, as a competitive person myself, and I, you know, clearly on a much, much, much different level, but like, I always find myself trying to find somebody to compete with. Like, how do you scratch that itch now that you're not competing? Yeah. So, I mean, it's still a work in progress, but obviously being there for Haley, being in Haley's corner definitely gave me a little bit of that, just like celebrating some like her success was kind of, it felt like it was my success too. I'm like, so it, it gives you a little bit of that vibe as far as from like a personal standpoint, I still just love fitness. So, I mean, I'm doing a lots of different things. I might do like a half marathon. You know, I'd love to do some sprint tries, obviously not in the capacity of going for a victory, but just to like kind of complete it. And just in the gym, when I'm working out, I'm always just, I'm not competing with anyone in CrossFit there because now I have no chance, but um, yeah. competing with myself. <laughs> that's right. Welcome to, that's what we all are doing. That's like the... <laughs> Welcome to the everyday CrossFitter. Like, oh, ain't nobody in this gym going to be <laughs> it's gonna so, be where I need to be. <laughs> seriously, it's so funny, though, because for a little bit there, after I had, I had, like, chilled out from doing, like, the competitive level of CrossFit, but I was still, like, months after holding on to this weird level of fitness that, like, almost gave me this weird feeling of being, like, dang, like, I still got it. And, you know, now months down the road, there hits a point where you really don't got it anymore. And I'm like doing things. And it's like a very much like, um, you have to change your perception because I'll pick up like a barbell that used to be, you know, 95 pounds for me when I was competing, I'd like, you know, throw that around with one arm. And now I'm like, man, I feel so heavy. (laughs) I'm like, what have you been doing for the last year? 
Um, so yeah, it's definitely a, a mental shift and I definitely don't have those stores. Like you kind of hold on to it for a little bit and then all of a sudden it's just gone. But isn't it nice to not have to spend like three hours in a row training? I mean, yeah, it's super, it is exactly where I'm meant to be in this space of life. So I feel very secure, happy, and like love it. And I don't have any weird, like when I get into a workout with someone, you know, like I don't care <laughs> if they be me or not so much. They're like, Tasia, do you want to do this workout with me? And like, well, I'm going to scale 50%. And then just if you see me, just drop out in the middle, do anything weird. Don't worry about it. So do your own thing. I love that. That's exactly if Rich ever looked at me and was like, hey, you want to do this workout with me? I'd be like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to walk while you yeah. run, you know, like, I'm, yeah, I'm just, you know, I'll be over here basically doing a completely different workout, but don't worry about it. I'm in the, yeah. I'm, I'm here. It's fine. No big deal. Exactly. That's where I'm at. <laughs> I'm just in the same space as them, like picking yeah. up the, the fitness vibes. I think I don't know, how, I don't know how, he, how he puts in that level of work for this many years. Like I, I've been in CrossFit for 10 years now. I think I told Nikki once on the show, I ran into rich at the Arnold in Columbus in like 2012 and nobody knew who he was like CrossFit was so new. He was like hawking some protein shake or something. I don't know what he was selling, <laughs> but he's like sitting at this booth holding this thing. There's nobody in line to talk to him. I'm like, I think that's rich Froning. And it, you know, it was a very young rich Froning, you know? And so here we are a decade later and this guy's putting in work like a superhuman. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like what, what is it about that dude? that allows him to continue to do it. Cause I mean, you said it like you're, you know, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm loving not having to destroy myself every day. And I'm 51 and I love it when I don't destroy myself at all. Like how does he do this? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't have the answer. It is incredibly impressive. Um, especially now, cause not only is he maintaining an exceptionally high level of fitness, but he's got a family and he's got like a hundred businesses and you know, um, he's traveling around. So, I think maybe he just really got special powers or something. I don't know. Yeah, I <laughs> it's amazing. Be it. <laughs> I fully I believe in that. I fully believe some people are just magical like that. Especially yeah. now where I'm like, wow, he has three, he has three children. Like Little I have children. one and I can't even shower every day. Like I don't understand. I don't. Yeah. Care. And horses and bison and like, you know, just the work. So it, it is incredibly impressive. And I, I really wish I knew how he did it. I don't, I don't get it at all. I mean, I just really don't. It's really, it's unbelievably impressive. I just, all I can imagine is he has you guys feeding the bison for him. It's like, all right, Tasia, it's your job. Wednesday's your day. Go get the feed. <laughs> go feed them. <laughs> go, go feed the bison. And there you, you know, you and Ro out there feeding the bison together. It'd be great. I love feeding the bison. Actually, when I get the chance to they're now they have so many fields, they get rotated. Sometimes I don't even get to see them because they used to be stuck in the field. That was like right by the barn. So they, now they know because people like bring them bread and stuff, but if they're in a far field, you know, I can't walk all the way over there. So that was like the saddest it. thing. That's the saddest thing I've heard all day. It's like, they have so many fields. Sometimes I don't even see the bison. Ugh. And there's like, 50 of them now there's like a bunch of little ones i don't even know <gasps> before i knew how many there were and now i don't even there's a lot wait there's yeah. baby bison i think i read that they just had babies didn't they oh <gasps> yeah so they had gotten a whole 
the original whatever i was just going to call them a flock which i know is definitely <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's, not. A, it's a flock of bison that's fine i get it i totally get what you're saying yeah flock of bison the flock of bison was like 12 and i think or something they're all supposed to be pregnant but they weren't all pregnant and then they got another input of like 10 which i think there's at least 10 babies and i could be totally butchering it but it's a lot of baby bison um and they start out they're like orange kind of like super cute and tiny but the moms are all super protective so if you get too close you know they'll they'll run away but super cute oh my god when can we go to tennessee i know i'm ready come let's go you know we've been saying forever that we wanted to come for like a train with rich weekend or Mm -hmm. something like that like we've been we've been mentally planning this trip for ages i think we should do it while the bison are still babies yeah, let's go. That would be awesome. We would love to have you guys. And I think there's a train with Rich probably before the end of the year. So, I mean, I know I said I couldn't go to Dubai, but I feel like I could get the baby and the, and the husband and we could make it to Tennessee. I feel like that, that's a quicker trip. Yeah. You know, we'll probably work that out. We'll make that yeah. happen. Can we talk about Rose Beard real quick? What's going on with that thing? It's huge and gray. Tasia's like are in with like all the like mayhem like tea like can we tell about Raz bad I actually was listening to your guys like I think it was the most recent episode it was the one where you like apologize for Ricky or whatever you guys talked a lot about mayhem on there I'm like oh my god this is perfect I'll just hop on and talk about mayhem but um yeah Rose Beard I think it looks great I have no idea why he's growing out but he's definitely working it so someone sent me, I need to send it to him. Somebody, people send me memes all the time. And somebody sent me a picture of Tim Allen from the Santa Claus movie where he progressively yes. with a beard progressively Fierce goes. Beard. Fierce like, beard in that movie. Yeah. They're like, is this row? Is this what's happening to row right now? <laughs> I'm like, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I know. But also great. Tim Allen gets like fatter and fatter in that movie. And that is yeah. not what Mike. Yeah, and Rose got like an eight pack, like making me yeah. sick with yeah. how fit he is. I can't yeah, stand truly, it. So. I think, that's what I think that's what happened. What's <laughs> amazing to me about Cookville is you guys are surrounded by Cracker Barrel and apparently go every day, according to the posts that I see from from everyone. And yet everyone still has six packs and just looks phenomenal. But you're eating biscuits and and hash brown casserole every day. It's really amazing. Yeah. Well, Facundo actually is the person who goes every day when he comes. And by every day, he goes like three times a day every day. Yeah. Um if you didn't know, fun fact, the Kundo made it on the Cracker Barrel Instagram page nice. because he went to Cracker Barrel. You have to find it. He went to Cracker Barrel, I think, like 12 times within like a three or four day span or something crazy. And so that he made it onto their like little Are Instagram. Are you serious? Yeah. I'm going, I am going to text him right now to send me that post. That is legendary. Well, when it's we saw, the best. When we <laughs> saw that Gia joined there or had moved there and was training with you guys, uh, I went on... I went on Fakandu's page and like, have you taken ghee yet? And he's like, literally as soon as he landed, <laughs> like, and then posted yeah. a photo with them at Cracker Barrel together. I'm like, you're killing me. Just on yeah, So whenever Fakundo's here, we know we're going to like dinner. There's not another option. Breakfast, lunch, we're going to Cracker Barrel. And he always gets the country boy breakfast. Yes. Even if it's dinner or breakfast <laughs> or lunch. So. Oh. I love it. Uh, oh my God. This is the best thing I've ever learned. This nugget <laughs> of information will stay with me forever. <laughs> I was like so proud when I seen him on the Cracker Rail Instagram. Like, you've made it. This is it. I think there is no, there's nothing better. Truly. I think 
man, now I feel like I need to up my game because if he goes 12 times in a row and I've only been that one time and I didn't even do the grits right. You did not do the grits right. <sighs> Damn. I got yeah, back on his go podcast, again. Tasia, and I was like, I don't know why everyone keeps talking about grits. They're not that good. And John was like, are you kidding me? I'm like, I don't know. They just taste kind of like styrofoam. But I yeah, added actually, nothing to them. I didn't know. Okay. Okay. Well, what do you add to them, John? What do you put in yours? Uh, well, first of all, loads of butter. Got to have butter in the grits and then salt and pepper. That's why I had grits today at lunch. That's, that's the kind of Southerner I am. And it's uh, butter and salt and pepper. And today I added uh, some sausage links and a fried egg on top. And it was delicious. Well, that sounds really good. I'm honest. I usually skip the grits and go for like a pancake or something, but oh, maybe I'll give this, this a go, this butter grit a go. It's great. And you know what? It's, you get everything you need. You get all your carbs. You can add some protein, put an egg. Oh, what's wrong with eggs? Like it's great. So good. Sounds good to me. But Nikki yeah, just did a plain old white grit with nothing in it. And that's just gross. Shouldn't be done that way. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know. Listen, it was like prime pandemic time. Okay. And I was <laughs> driving in a direction where I never am. And because there's no Cracker Barrel near me. So we were there. My husband and I got takeout and we like ate it in the car because it was still weird. And you like couldn't eat in restaurants. And it's not like they gave me. And it's like, I feel like when they put the grits down, there's like stuff. There's like, here are the condiments and here are the things. And you can add stuff to it, but it was just like me in my car with my grits and like a pay- plastic spoon and like nothing else. And I didn't know I had to add anything. And I was like, this is bullshit. I don't know why everybody likes this stuff. This is gnarly. Yeah, that's fair. I think I would like sweet grits better though. Anyways, like if you add like brown sugar and raisins, mm-hmm. like make it like an oatmeal, which I don't an know oatmeal. if that's acceptable or not. Yeah. Mm, if you're a savage, yeah, I guess. I guess it's acceptable. <laughs> Okay, perfect. I'll add the butter to to that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Butter makes everything go around, truly. Butter makes everything better. Always. Always, always. Well, Tasia, I'm glad we finally got you on here. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me on. Have you on and just basically talk about nothing. That's what we do. That's our that's our jam. Actually, I, I was really it. excited to hear about Mayhem Missions. Missions. I keep seeing uh, the posts on it, and so I think it's really exciting what you guys are doing. And anytime you guys need help, reach out to Nikki and I. We're happy to, yeah. you know, talk about anything you guys need to talk about. Push it out. You know, I can I can do a meme about Rich every once in a while just for the heck of it. And that would be awesome. I love doing Definitely. rich memes. I don't do enough rich memes. I need to do more. I'll do more this week just because we had this conversation. Yes, I love it. Just totally make fun of him hey he's got a great sense of humor that's the thing i love about that dude like you say a lot of things like a lot of times these top tier athletes and just top tier people people are like great at what they do they're not really funny like a lot of them aren't like they're really serious like you know a lot of people that are really good at something they're really serious and intense and he is intense like he's an intense dude you know like he works out like 12 hours a day. He's got a little intense. But he's <laughs> She's re- like, I know. I was yeah. his teammate. <laughs> I know. But he's really funny. Yeah. Or at least he's been funny with me. I can't speak if he's funny to you, but he's funny. He's always been funny with me. And I really respect that about him that, you know, even when some of the jokes are probably meaner than they should have been, he's like, no, 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 it's okay. You know, you got to laugh at yourself. So, yes, I like that about that dude. Good guy. For sure. All right. Well, this has been fun. Nikki, when are we going to Cookville? End of the year? I mean, like tomorrow, maybe the next day. You guys are welcome. 
Hey, I've on maternity leave for like two more weeks. So Look, that's gonna, it. You need more. Here's, oh, what, here's what's going to happen. We're going to come down and Rich is like, all right, here's our series of workouts. And Nikki and I are going to do like 10 minutes of the first one. And then we're going to sneak out the back with Fockendo and get, uh, you know, Cracker grits. Barrel. Yeah. Grits. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what you got to do. So, I mean, if you show up, there will be like this expectation that you put on yourself to work out. But all you got to do is hit like maybe the first one and then we'll all sneak out and go hit a Cracker Barrel. Be like, we didn't know there was going to be six more. (laughs) We didn't know. We thought we were here for the one and it was great. And now I'm hungry. Yes. And the one will be at least like four to five parts. So you I don't even want to do the one now. Now here's here's my to do list. Here's my cookable to do list before we wrap up. We're going to do one workout with Rich. Then we're going to bolt. We're going to go look at Baby Bison. Okay. We're going to, we're going to run over to Haley's new house. Check out her crib. See the new kitten. Sure. She has a new kitten. For sure. So yeah, I got I got to play with a little black kitten. And then we're going to Cracker Barrel. It's going to be great. Well, do sounds like an epic. Day. It'll be Baby's first Cracker Barrel. This is yeah. very important. Educational, yes. even. Sounds yes. fun. We'll learn how to make grits. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, and we're gonna sh- we're gonna stroke Rose Beard. We're gonna do that too. It's gonna be great. Okay, okay. great, 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 great. Where are we staying? Are we staying with Rich? You should tell him we're staying with him. We'll be right there. Okay, I'll let him know. Okay, perfect. Great. Guest house. It's gonna be perfect. Yeah. We'll just stay in the barn. Yeah. Hey, there's plenty of space. I mean, no heat though, but you know, I mean, does the baby need heat or oh. <laughs> like plans are changing? <laughs> All right. Well, super fun, guys. Appreciate it as always. Tasia, great catching up. Nikki, love you as always. Hug that baby for me. And uh, for everyone listening, we appreciate you guys joining us and we will chat with you guys soon.